Hi, it's Coach Colette, host of the Start Within podcast, and I've got a question for you. Did you ever think that a red rubber ball could save someone's life? Well, that's exactly what happened to my guest in this Coach Chat episode. He is Kevin Carroll, and he is a catalyst with a K. Kevin is an author, he's an instigator of inspiration, and he's also my dear friend. I was so excited to have him as a guest on this show. There is so much magic in this episode. You will be holding onto your seat as you listen. He is widely acclaimed for his ability to inspire people to use play, positivity, and creativity as a positive change for self-improvement and for the improvement within organizations. Trust me, he has shared stories with me and audiences around the world about how he has created games of tag within companies to inspire them to work together and to play together. So in this episode, we talk all about the power of play. We also talk about the power of advocacy in sports. Given that Kevin has such a rich history of working with professional sports leagues like the NBA and helping them to inspire the whole team. He's written several books and we talk a bit about the A Kid's Book About series and he's given multiple TED Talks. So just know that if you feel like you have lost any of your playful curiosity, your joy for life, or your sense of wonder, you are going to be so inspired after listening to this episode. So buckle up, get ready, and listen up to this episode on the power of play. So, um, well, I will... Yeah, you should start early and you shouldn't end it right at when you're finished either exactly exactly yeah. exactly well you are it you are seeing a, a, an aspect of my home which is not nearly as bunker proof as your office so i am super <laughs> jealous right now i'm thinking yeah so like give me those road dates so i will sneak into your office <laughs> while fine. you're in the road i'll bring sage your wife yeah, will be fine so it's good it i'll bring out. palo yeah. santo i'll bring crystals i'll bring essential that. oils but that's what's yeah. up yes so yeah so doing podcast episodes during pandemic yep that's been interesting so yeah if you see me doing weird things moving around wrapping weird things around my microphone that's because i don't have the production team or the soundproofing and it's may 5th and the heat is still on can i tell you in my building yeah what yeah, we're, we've got this weird, I guess it's in the 50s, but and it's like the storm thing that's for like the week. And so I'm like, not the day I'm recording with Kevin. So yeah, so if you see anything that's that looks funny, weird, just just roll with it. Um, and where are you at? Where are you at? I'm in now? Brooklyn. In, in the, so I've, are you in? You're still in the city, huh? I'm You've been in, have you been in Brooklyn the whole time? Yep. That I've known you? Time. Yes, the whole in the same time. locale the whole time? No. So I uh-huh. did move, which actually is unfortunate because ironically enough in my old apartment I had a bathroom that actually had no windows and so I often now dream about how I would have been podcasting yeah in use my it bathroom. out of there yeah because <laughs> I could, you could close sound the... proof yeah get a good sound in there yeah so um so there is that but um, well I will say I have all of my Casey accoutrement I have my turning the page oh no way T-shirt. I don't even have one of those. No. Nope. Wow. Wow. That's wow, good. Wow. That's good that you got one of those. And of course, I've got your books. That's what's up. See, you know, eight thirty. Oh, you now you know that's like a keepsake, keepsake, because the second book. Yes. What's your red rubber ball? Mm-hmm. Is not in print anymore. They gave me back. Yeah. No, it's very special that book. 
Yeah, it's not in print anymore. I, I converted it into an interactive PDF that I give to teachers. So I've been gifting that to teachers for years now, but they stopped printing it in 2010. What? No, that's only two years after yeah. we got it. Yeah. Um, no, 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 don't no, get me lying. Not... 2012. Okay. Yeah, because they made the money they wanted and then they gave it back to me. If I'm not mistaken, it was like, right, because it was before I went. Yeah, I know it was. Yeah. So it was like 2012, 2000. And they don't even have a books division anymore at ESPN. And they still print my first book. And that book's got like 400,000 in print now. I love it. I love it. So I wanted to say, and I don't know if I ever told you the, the full story of you know, turning the page, building your library community. And I have the t-shirt. So Des Moines, Iowa, March 4th to 5th, 2008. Yes. So I, I remember that I, we were all watching you give your talk and I don't know, like hundreds, I don't even remember how many librarians are in the room and we're all cheering and people are crying. You know, the thing that happens when you do your thing. And we all were like the trainers, Steve and Jill. And I were like, yeah. And then all of a sudden there was this moment where we all looked at each other and we were like, wait, we have to follow him. (laughs) So so you've imagined like hundreds of people coming into your training room all pumped. And it was like, wait, oh, I've got to follow that. So that's just to say thank you for helping me. I can't speak for anyone else, but definitely thanking you for helping me to kick up my training and facilitation and speaking game. Because when you follow someone like you, you're like, hey, I can't let this crowd down. So well, I'm always hoping that's the uh, inspiration that comes of that, right? And the outcome is that those who follow me find themselves lifted too. And like, wow, I'm like hitting a little harder. My voice is a little, you know, like emphatic. And, and that's important, right? That that happens. And I think so if I can help others raise their game, that's what I'm about. Definitely, definitely. And I will say that even to this it, was day. Was that the first time we met? Well, was it would have been the first the time that I heard you. I don't yeah. know that. I can't remember when it was when Within we were actually series? allowed to kind of like get close to you. Right? you oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Kathleen, that was Kathleen doing that. Kathleen yes. Chow was doing her thing, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Kathleen I still Chow. stay in, in touch with her. Her girls are all grown up now and it's crazy. Think I know. 2008? 2008. I know if I didn't have the t-shirt. So for listeners that are hearing this story, yes, I am on with my do we do we have to we have to tell the 831 story? I don't know. Yes, like, exactly. Yes. yes. So, like, so, yes. Yeah. I feel like that that was an, another time hearing you speak. And I don't remember what how you mentioned it was your birthday. It, it must have been. It, I, I think I actually was presenting on my birthday somewhere. Mm. Or was it close somewhere? It was close to it. Portland was September 10th. There had to have been something that made us talk about it. I'll never forget. And there you were just, or was, I think it was one of the, cause you always gave out the magic bottle and I feel like uh-huh. it was connected to that, that conversation or that, something, right? Right. Like, cause you would ask people to do things and then they, or maybe would... someone said it was their birthday. And I said, Oh, that's cool. I said my, and then they said, when's your birthday? And I said, August 31st. And then you like, like, I said, what's your, she said, that's my birthday too. I know. I was like, I don't care. I know I'm not supposed to talk. I know he's talking, but that's my birthday too. And then we're like, what? I didn't know that. And from that point on, it's been 831 and all the fun ways that I write it to you and stuff. Because I've got all these fun ways that I kind of do the numbers 831 with you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So we are birthday buds for sure. We are birthday buds. They birthday besties. Yes. 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 So, so to the world, you're known as Kevin Carroll, but to me, you will always be 831. So 831. 831. So all day, every day. Yes. All day, every day. (laughs) So I think it is interesting. I mean, it really did start with, at least for our connection, the what's your red rubber ball book story and and how you share that story about your life so for our listeners is 
what's the snippet of why why did the red rubber balls save your life? I think a lot of times, Colette, it's it's interesting. When I, I bring up the story, I always want to remind people that we all have a story to tell and we all should be, you know, very adept at and comfortable telling our story because it reveals, yeah, sometimes you have to redact a few things here or there. I always tell parents, like, don't tell your kids the full story, but you need to let them know you were human and you made some mistakes because you don't want them to be shocked when they're adults and they're like, you're not perfect. So that happens a lot with parents, right? Because they try to present this idea that they never got in trouble. They never did anything wrong. Well, yeah, you did. And so they need to know you're human. But your story is one of the most powerful tools you have and also something you should be really comfortable sharing. And so my story is one of discovery of the ball, but it was out of necessity because both my parents were addicts and abandoned me and my brothers. My grandparents rescued us. And so I was raised by a ball, books, and betterment, I like to say. And so the ball represents the playground in our neighborhood, Preston Playground. And it was my first safe place. It was the first place that I felt safe. I felt like I was connected, felt like I was welcomed, and felt like I belonged. And I had this amazing community. So I played all kinds of sports, but I didn't play for trophies or medals or first place. It was always for belonging and being a part of that community. So that's why I never hesitate. And I say with a great deal of emphasis that uh, a ball saved my life. And, and that if it wasn't for that playground and it wasn't for sports, who knows what would have come of me because of the circumstances we were navigating as children. Right, and I, and I see that you've also written the book, a kid's book about belonging. Yes, yes, which is a fun story behind that. Because, well, since people can kind of see, you can see the big one behind me, but I have a little one over here too. I'll grab it real quick. So um, so this is the book, a kid's book about belonging. Yeah. And why I, I love telling this story is because it actually connects me with my son's first friend that I met 24 years ago when I moved out from Philly to Portland. My son rode his bike down the end of the block 30 minutes later, he came back with Jelani. And Jelani's been in my life since he was 13. He's 37 now. And Jelani and my son have been friends for 24 years, and I've been friends with Jelani for 24 years. And I've watched this young man grow up. I've been one of his encouragers. I've watched him come up with amazing breakthrough ideas. I saw him start a tech company that ends up partnering with Disney. He raised $30 million, and they do this tech device. Before anyone else was managing screen time, they actually created a device called Circle with Disney, and they were managing screen time before anyone else. Then he left that and said, I think I'm going to start a publishing company, a book publishing company. Kevin, would you be the first author we work with? And I'm like, absolutely, Jelani. He says, okay, because we want to figure out a way to disrupt the publishing industry. I want to get the books done in, you know, like, I want to just really create such a short timeline that we get books done in three to four months. Yeah, like unheard of. And so that was 2019 fall, they launched. So that's a, um, that's a blip ago. And I think they're close to 40 books in print. Wait, they have a kid's podcast about. We're getting ready to launch a kid's class about, like their masterclass series. They've got um, a little kid, what is it? A little kid, a little book about, which is the, like the board books. They've got that now, a little book about. And they just um, got big investment again. So I, I forget what they closed, like it's seven or eight million in a year and a half. And there are some really, and I think he said 90% of the people who invested on in this round were BIPOC. That was oh, his goal. Wow. That was his goal. Yeah, and I think it's actually above 90%. Like, I think it was 92, 93%. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. And it feels like, again, for listeners, I'm hearing you talk about your journey to publish the What's Your Red Rubber Ball and all the no's, right? Like, because yeah. you had the idea, you had the vision, and then you decided to self publish and 
Wow. And then it took off. Yeah. And then it took off. Yeah. But it's a similar thing, you know, when you, you know, Jelani watched that because Jelani was around. He saw me go through that whole process. He has one of the original ones that doesn't have ESPN on it or anything. So was, you know, predates when ESPN, you know, bought the rights to my book and signed me to a book deal. I had to self-publish my book because everybody thought it was over-designed and too creative. And they literally told me to dumb it down and we might consider publishing your book. And I said, nah, that's okay. Cause I'm not in it for money. I want to reflect my story. I want it to reflect me. So that was a big part of the decision to self-publish it and never expected that someone would get a copy of it at ESPN. They were starting a books division and they want to sign me to a deal. So I was the second book they published out of ESPN. Yeah. So Ralph Wiley from Washington, D.C., from the Washington Post sports columnist, he was the first one and I was the second book. Wow, that's amazing. And you're now the first a kid's about. Yeah, well, actually the second, second, actually, to be honest, I'm the second because Jelani's, I don't have it here. He did a kid's book about racism. That was his first book. And he did that for his stepson who asked, what's racism? So that's how he got the idea. He just cobbled together and did a one-off print of this thing. But he used my first book as a bit of inspiration around font play and simple but direct conversation. And then show, he basically socialized that with a bunch of people. And he's like, you should do more of those. And he said, well, I don't want to do them. He says, this is where I had a voice. I want to find other authors who might have voices. And he said, especially authors that might not be well-known and have them actually do it. And so he said, but I don't know how I'm going to do it yet. So he said, Kevin, I got this idea. So that's what he would always do. Like, Kevin, I think I want to be a photographer. Okay, Jelani, I'll introduce you to some photographers I know. Kevin, I think I want to be a footwear designer. Okay, Jelani, I'll introduce you to some designers I know. Kevin, I want to run my own brand agency. Okay, Jelani, I'll introduce you to some people I know. So I've always been that encourager for him. So when he had any of his ideas, he runs to me. But I also, I think what he loved about me is that I was supportive plus demanding of him. So I actually said, okay, it's great to have that idea. You need to check back and let me see the progress. And so he appreciated that I held him accountable. And I think that's how he started to really hone in on how he would turn ideas into reality. And so, yeah, so I think I've always been modeling for him unbeknownst to me maybe until now. I mean, who would have thought a 13 year old, 24 year, years later, I'm collaborating with him. So I did the book and then I'm the first one to do the class for him. So I did a kid's class about discovering your passion. Wow. That's amazing. Oh, it's going to be dope. Like it's I, so good. I know. And, and I Let know it, it says. so good. It was so much fun. It doing says it. a kid's it. really class. Good. I'm like, I'm Oh, but it ain't. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, you know, yes, yes. It's for the kid within us all. That's really what it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. And I know that in your work, you talk about this reawakening the kid adult. Am I pronouncing yes. that co yeah, correctly? The yeah. A kid and adult collide, right? The kid adult. Yes. So K-I-D-U-L-T, the kid adult. Yes. And how is it that we lose the kid adult or what, what's, uh, what's, the, what's the disconnect there? I think the disconnect and how you lose that adult, if you will, especially in your, 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 your adult years, if you will, is you, you lose your sense of curiosity, you lose that sense of discovery and wonder. And that's what makes kids so magical is they've got every day is something new, every day is an opportunity to discover something. So I've been on a quest to get adults to go back to their kid like self, hence adult and have that sense of curiosity, wonder, discovery, right? And that every day is a tabula rasa. And so you can paint your own masterpiece on it. Got this opportunity every single day. So what will you do with that day? My grandfather would say it's better to be seen than viewed, right? So better to be above it, not below it. So that's a good start. Now, what are you going to do with the day? And so I think if you enter each day with this openness and eagerness, this beginner's mindset, right, this openness and eagerness to learn something, the day will present the opportunity to you. Mm -hmm. It will. And so it's up to you to take advantage of that. So that's the adult mindset, right, is that curiosity, wonder and discovery and possibilities abound.
Well, I guess we're in a pandemic because if we weren't in a pandemic, I guess I'd be asking you if you were still getting employees to play tag in their company offices. Oh, right, right. <laughs> yeah, but we've been doing virtual play. So that's been dope. Oh, um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. So we've been doing these scavenger hunts where you actually collect these things, but you get scored on it. And then that grows into, you know, another thing where you rebrand one of the items that you discovered. And then that goes into, okay, um, survival on a desert island with a team of people. I learned all that through Playworks. So they're a recess advocacy group that are national. And so they actually trained me on this virtual play. And so I actually have done that with a bunch of people, the scavenger hunt, the rebrand and survival. So yeah, so it's been fun. Yeah. So we're still playing. We're still finding ways to do it for sure. I'll just never forget those stories that you would right. tell, like about people like playing tag in, a, in an office. And I guess. Oh, I, bedlam. I, the most beautiful bedlam you'd ever see. Yes. But it wasn't just play for play sake. And you know this about me, right? There was purpose behind it community connection laughter right collaboration just conflict resolution innovation ideation all those things are associated with play and so i just want to reawaken that but we also had the purpose i'd always unpack that afterwards that and this is what you just learned about yourselves got it got of course it. Yeah. And some of you learned that you're a hot mess too so yeah some of you are a little crazy yeah a little <laughs> more competitive than you realize but yes definitely uh the fact that play is serious business, right? And should not be marginalized. Yeah. I mean, that, that was what I was going to ask, right? What, why is it that play is such serious business? Because we, it gets educated out of us, right? And, and we allow our play muscle. We're so great at it when we're kids. And everyone gives you permission to do it. But when you get older, you better get serious. You better focus. What are you going to do with your life? All those things become so weighty on you. Oh, well, I better, I better, I better. And you conform. Yet you enter an office building, a team, right? A business. Who's got ideas? We need innovation. Who's going to? Everybody's like, oh, please don't call me. Please don't call me. Please don't call me. Right? Everybody's terrified. And I keep explaining to leaders, just because you say brainstorming session in the invite does not mean that your team is ready to brainstorm because they've not been using the muscle. So how do you actually set them up for success? You need to have play a part of your culture. That's why I go back to play is serious business. Play is serious in the business of innovation, creativity, problem solving, abstract thinking, ingenuity. It's all around that, but there's too much research to support what I'm talking about. And I think that's what people, oh, play. I'm like, no, play. Play is serious. It's important. You want innovation, find time for fun. You got to find time for fun. There's a great book by um, Stephen Johnson. It's called Wonderland. He actually researched 20th century breakthrough innovation and identified a common trait in some of the things that he was researching. They were having fun when they came up with their breakthrough. So he's got a really great quote. You'll find the future wherever people are having the most fun. Hmm. That's interesting. I, I may have shared this with listeners on the podcast. My start within brand actually came out of, well, it wasn't fun in the beginning because I was working with my coaches on, and she was, she was an encourager like you with Jelani and, but really trying to hold me accountable for like, what is it that you do? And I was in my like, Arr. and I don't, I still don't remember to this day who said it said something about start within and then we all laughed and then all of a sudden it was like wait a minute that's actually good and that's literally how that brand came came to be in that moment of first that crisis of like why are you asking me this and I don't know and stop pushing me and then all of a sudden it was like this light bulb breakthrough moment and it was like wait that's it but do you remember that book I used to give out the dot Remember that book I used to give out with a little girl, um, just like jabbed the piece of paper with a crayon because her teacher wanted everybody to draw something. And she just jams it and says, here, this is, there you go. And the teacher said, would you sign it for me? And she signs it. And then the teacher brings it back like over the weekend framed. 
And she goes, I love the dot that you made. She says, well, you like that one. I could do more. And she ends up doing so many of them. It becomes an art gallery exhibit. And she didn't realize that she was an artist. Like she had that in her. And so when you were telling that story, I was thinking about the dot. Like, well, I don't want to do it. And I don't want to answer you, right? And then, well, here, start within. <laughs> and then you go, huh. And then there's laughter. And that laughter is to tell that it's light enough, but insightful enough that that might work. And now look, right? So I think yours is very similar to what Steven Johnson said. You'll find the future wherever people are having the most fun. So the tell was the laughter actually, because it wasn't laughter like in a cynical kind of like, you know, embarrassing way. It was like, hey, that's kind of like clever. That's kind of cool, right? And then you're like, that might be it. You guys are feeling that? Oh, so. Yeah, yeah. And ever since then, I, I often aim to recreate those moments. It doesn't happen every time, but I, oh. I do take that story with me. And by the way, I'm glad that this was recorded because I'm going to have you tell my brand story now from, from now on. So <laughs> thank you yes, for first one, First that. one's free, 831. You, you're welcome. You're welcome. You're all good. It's all good. Happy birthday early. <laughs> early, right? Yeah. It's like, happy birthday for your life. Like, thanks. Yes, exactly. 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 I'll just point to that. Remember? 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 Remember that podcast? You're welcome. Just take that recording audio. Hey, Colette, how did you go with that? Boom. So, remember when you were doing this? It's like, just listen to this. So, there you go. Oh, my God. And and we're laughing. And I think it's interesting because I the questions that I want to ask, I know, are, are in some ways heavy, but, and, and that's why I really want to ask you because, right, you're saying play is serious and we're going through a lot of serious-ish right now, right? Whether it's the pandemic, whether it's the racial reckoning, all of the stuff that's happening, is there a role for play in any of this? No, I think I think there's always time to for community and connecting and belonging and play is at the root of that. And so play may take many shapes and forms, but it is about gathering people together and bringing people together around a common cause or opportunity or goal. And so the goal might be elevating awareness, but people are coming up with ideas, aren't they? They're ideating, they're innovating. They're trying to find ways to make sure that people are hearing their message. That's being playful. It may have the serious tone to it, but they had to ideate, they had to collaborate, they had to partner, they had to communicate, they had to negotiate, which way are we gonna go with this? Conflict resolve things, problem solve. They had to do all the things that are associated to play for any of those things. Think about it, all those, amazing marches that you saw, that doesn't just happen. They have to organize and plan all that. That's a group of people coming together with lots of different ideas. How do you get to a point where everybody agrees upon something? There has to be an element of play going on. Hmm. Problem solving, deciding, because you're starting with ambiguity and then you're going and you're reveling in that ambiguity to come to a, a solution and here we go. So those things didn't just already come fully formed and that's play. Play allows you to be able to tap back into that, to use it as it is needed and required. I think that's what's beautiful about when I was watching all that, I'm like, wow, just think about the process they went through to get to that. How creative they had to be and innovative they had to be and clever they had to be. So that just doesn't come because you've got a title or you're a leader. No, you have to, you won't attribute it to that, but that's what's being summoned up is how do I rally people? How do I get people to come together? How do I manage a, a room like that? All of those things you learned on the playground. You learned those when you were playing. You learned all those things about how to be generous, how to be respectful, how to have empathy. All those things you learned in play. What did they say? Everything I ever needed to know I learned in kindergarten. Mine is everything I ever needed to know I learned on the playground. Wow. And it sounds simple when you're saying it. And yet. That's why it's the loudest, right? 
collect. That's why it's the most profound, because that typically is the most loud things are so like it's right in your face. Start within. Oh, it's right there. It's been there. But we want to, you know, use our intellect and our degrees and our worldliness. And we often look past the thing that actually is the answer. And I've always said, play just provides these simple truths and they're profound. So I just think there's something really powerful about simple and profound truths. Do you wear your busy badge so proudly that you forget to take breaks or eat lunch? Hi, it's Coach Colette. I know we've all experienced a lot of stress, particularly in the past year. That's why it's crucial for you to proactively create opportunities for self-care and self-love. Want to see what it's like to commit to seven days of self-care and me time? Then get my new resource, Seven Days of Self-Care. It's an e-journal that can be a resource of inspiration and ideas to help you find new ways to care for yourself physically, mentally, and spiritually. As Audre Lorde says, self-care is not self-indulgent. It's an act of self-preservation. So go to gum.co forward slash self-care e-journal to claim your copy of this new resource. It will help you to be able to support yourself, find time for me time, and allow yourself permission to thrive. Go to gum.co forward slash self-care e-journal to claim your me time. It is interesting when you think about watching kids play, which I'm, I know that you do all, the, all of the time. It does seem sometimes like differences that we struggle with as adults don't don't they play don't out as show much. Up. No, right? they don't. They don't, right? We all speak ball. Doesn't matter where you go in the world, everybody understands a ball. Everyone does. A gesture, a gesture, next thing you know, the game on. We've seen conflicts resolve through sport. I've seen it. Truces, peace truces, right? Wars have been shut down and stopped so that a game can happen. I mean, warring factions would stop for the World Cup. I'm not just saying this. These are things you can look them up. Google it. You can see it. It has happened. World sports stars have asked for people to lay their weapons down. Didier Drogba from the Ivory Coast did that when they were warring there because they had won the African Cup of Nations. So I know the power of sport and what it can do, but also how young people, they're not. I've never met a child who said, I wanna be a drug dealer when they're in first grade. I've never met a child that says they wanna be homeless when they're in first grade. I've never met a child that said they wanna be an addict when they're in first grade. I've never met one that I wanna be in prison. Never. That I wanna be a gangbanger. Never. They just have this tabula rasa and the world starts taking it away. But when they're out at play and you want the game to keep going, you negotiate, you do, hmm. you collaborate, right? You problem solve, you do. And so many times we've seen warring countries, whatever, but a game brings them together. Nelson Mandela. Springbok jersey. If those of you who aren't familiar with it, what is the, oh gosh, okay. Invictus, the movie Invictus. Right. Watch that. You want to see all the things you've been asking about and talking about? Watch that movie, Invictus. I got to listen to Archbishop Tutu tell the Invictus story before the movie came out. Stop. Yes. Humble brag. Humble brag. Yes, I did. Yes, and it was amazing to hear him talk about it because he was preaching forgiveness 
and doing sermons everywhere. And Nelson Mandela said, I think sport can be the way that we can bring people together. And he said, what are you, there's no way. You go do that, I'm gonna continue to preach my sermons. And then, so I can channel him a little bit. Had I known, had I known that all I needed was a ball and a jersey, I could have saved myself thousands of sermons, right? So, because oh he God. said he saw this happen in that stadium, that he wore the most glaring symbol of apartheid, the Springbok jersey. Anyone of color knew what that represented. You are not welcome. On that team, though, there was a man of color on that team that won that World Cup. And he walked out with that on. And Archbishop Tutu said they just start chanting, Mandela, Mandela, the entire stadium. And he shakes the hand of the captain of the South African rugby team. And it was a moment that brought the whole community and nation together. So a ball can change the world. A ball can save a life. I know that to be true. So children are always in their natural element when they're playing. We take it away from them as adults. So I think we need to hearken back to that and recognize the power of it and the importance of it and don't marginalize it. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking of all of the sports activists Right. If we think athlete of activists, athlete all of them, right? activists. And although it's interesting, right? Because we know Kaepernick, right? So I'm with Cap, right? But so yeah. many people weren't. And now 2020 looking or 2021 looking back, I think I said 2020 because I'm thinking of hindsight being 2020, but right, that so why why wasn't that embraced or accepted in the same way? Because the politics. He's like, he's got a I told you so moment, right? Like, I mean, and and not in a in a braggart proud way, because it was it's terrible what's happened. But I've been telling y'all, we could have been out in front of this. No, I'm not gonna come out there and you're not gonna show pony me now. Nope. Nope. I'm gonna keep doing what I'm doing. That's what he decided. But all these other people like, oh my gosh, he was right. No ish, right? Are you kidding me? Duh, yes. So I think that is, you know, such a telling thing. And I, I think what he created even more so was the foundation for athletes to have the courage now to raise their voice, be damned, right? Doesn't matter. I'm not worrying about it. Sponsors be damned. I'm not worried about it. And guess what the sponsors? Sponsors couldn't go nowhere because Black Square Tuesday happened, right? Everybody put that Black Square up. Right. And now you can't run from it. And we kept all the receipts. Everybody's screenshotting like crazy. Right. And now they're calling them on it. What have you done since Black Square Tuesday? What have you done? And I think that's where the athletes started feeling more emboldened, more courageous. And I've been talking about this more than an athlete movement. It's been amazing to witness. But you have to thank Colin Kaepernick and those who came before him who you know, chose to sacrifice, you know, the ultimate, my career, Muhammad Ali. I mean, he sacrificed his best years. So I think this is not new. I just think that there's just more, the volume of athletes who are unafraid and unapologetic has been amazing. And they're just going to keep coming because they just inspired the generations behind them. Whoa, these kids are no joke. Yeah. They are no joke, but Gen Z, A, B, I, whatever, what number you will put on them, them kids, them young ones, they are formidable. They are amazing. I'm making friends with as many of them as possible because they are, they are about it. Yes. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Wow. So, so amazing. And I think generations right it's everything is so generational and i don't know i guess does each we all each generation has to learn its own lessons and yet we keep repeating some of the same mistakes i feel like and that's i mean that's life it's going to happen right but i think we have to be we need to be paying attention to and keeping score with micro wins little wins 
And we need to be doing that. I think it's really important. So you can't be just looking for this panacea. There's not going to be something that's going to cure all of it. But can we actually start to keep score of the little wins, the micro wins? And I think we're tallying a lot of them now. And that should make you hopeful. And that's all we should be asked for is just to remain hopeful. And so we get little wins, little wins, little wins. You just keep stacking those, keep stacking those. And it may not be my generation, but maybe we're setting it up for the next one. It might not be theirs, but we just can't stop, right? You got to keep going. And I think that's the key, right? Is, but keep score. Yeah, they're little wins, but keep score, keep tallying those and let's keep getting them. Mm -hmm. Is that something that you still do in terms of how you keep yourself motivated and grounded through all of your work? Oh my gosh, yes. I think it's so important for me to be focused on impact and reach. And those are the things that I'm always thinking about. Is how I can create greater reach, greater impact, and also inspire the next gen of leaders, makers, doers, and dreamers. So I'm always thinking about that. And so how I'm throwing the rope back over, how I'm bringing people up with, how I'm modeling for them as much as possible, it's really critical to me. And so trying to raise my voice on behalf of, be consistent with my messages, and keep showing up. Like, keep showing up. I'm just trying to keep showing up and be consistent. So they're like, yo, dude, you are on your bully pulpit. Yes, Rev Kev showing up all the time, all day, every day. Yes, I am on my bully pulpit. Absolutely. I'm giving I'm preaching the sermon, right? I'm I'm sharing the good word. Right? That it can get better. We all got to do our part. And I think that's what keeps me, you know, invested is that I just remain hopeful. I think that was one of the first things I said when the pandemic started kicking in. I said, hope will not be canceled. All this other stuff's getting canceled. Hope's not going to get canceled. I'm going to make sure that I'm going to do my part. So I doubled down on optimism. I doubled down on positivity. I took a whole series of courses through Coursera and University of Penn, got a positive psychology specialization, took five courses over 20 weeks. So I was in it. So I've learned the science behind my attitude and my mindset. Colette, and it's helped me so much, right? Because now I show up even more emboldened, right? Raising my voice even with more of that focus, right? And I can coach you up on it. I can help you become more optimistic, more positive. But it's not just, you know, because it's, it's exclusive to me. No, anyone can tap into that. And that's what I wanted was the science behind it. And so it was really, you know, I just loved going through that. And it was just something I decided really early. Like, I'm going to show up this way. I'm going to be this way. I think I started that course the end of March. So, and, you know, everything happened that first week of March. And I was in it. I'm like, I don't know how long this is going to be, but I'm going for it. Little did I know, right? 2020 still with us, right? Still hanging on stage five clinger. Like, we're wedding crashers, right? Stage five clinger. Won't let go. And I'm just so glad that I invested time and energy into that mindset. I've talked a lot about silver linings of the COVID cloud. And I think that that's amazing that you invested in your personal development and growth through this time. Are there other tips that you would share for our listeners to keep motivated? Because it, I think there's also now the fatigue, right? There's the languishing term, all of these things we're talking mm. about because it is a year, year and a half later, right? This isn't just the six weeks, okay, we're done, right? It's still here. Well, I think one of the key things for folks to think about is we're in this liminal space still, right? The in-between as they call it. That's why maybe there's a bit of that languishing or people are feeling like, what is going, what's gonna happen? So no longer is gone and not yet, we don't know. And we're in this in-between, the liminal space. And I love the fact that you've got a choice. So in the liminal space, you can either be fretting and worrying, right? And just basically bemoaning it, or you can see it as exciting and full of opportunity and magical because there's a tabula rasa awaiting us. And so that's your choice. And so if you're more scared and more worried and more angst filled, then it can win. And we got to fight the good fight. And so how are you preparing yourself to fight the good fight on the daily? And I think 
reveling in the fact that you're in this liminal space, recognizing the opportunity to raise your game, and then finding ways to do that. So like taking a course, like studying something that you maybe didn't have time for because we got time and got nowhere to go and got nowhere to be, right? I mean, and that's going to be that way probably through the end of the year. Yeah, you might travel a little bit, but it's not going to be the same way. I know I'm not going to travel the same way because live events aren't going to happen the same way. They're just not. So how are you leveling up? How are you raising your game? I think there's such an opportunity to be that lifelong learner and to tap into something. I'm not talking about, you know, the sourdough bread thing and, you know, and, and, you know, the DIYs and stuff, you know, just living on HGTV and, you know, not, no, I'm talking about you personally raising your game and getting better at something, right? So how can I get more curious? How could I get more positive? How could I actually get better at my craft, whatever it is that I do, my work, right? And so you can take time to do that. I think your energy, how do you get better at your energy so that you show up and taking good care of you? So what is that, you know, your, your sleep hygiene? What is your movement protocols and treatment, right? What does rest and recovery look like for you? Right. I think it's so critical because one of the things we know, people have not been sleeping very well, which just has these crazy ramifications. You know, my background's in sport performance, right, and health, and just crazy ramifications of having poor sleep over time and just piling poor sleep, poor sleep, poor sleep. Yeah, that's why you're languishing. Yeah, that's why you feel terrible. Yeah, that's why I'm like, I'm lackadaisical. So what's sleep hygiene look like for you and how are you getting better at that? And, you know, one of the things we learned in the course, positive psychology, and you know this, Colette, is what went well, like journaling that, but they unlock something really clever I hadn't thought about. You actually do what went well and why before you go to bed. Because that's what's on your mind when you lay down versus worry, concern, anger, angst. What three things that went well and why? So that it literally shows the action you took to manifest that. So when you lay your head down, that's what's on your mind. And your sleep will improve, which means your energy will improve. And so the what went well exercise, I think it's a wonderful tool and it's exceptional the the outcomes and results it provides. And they've done research with thousands of people on it physiology changing, mood changes, all these things from doing that. But the key is what went well and the why before you go to bed. Don't let anything else be on your mind before you lay down. That's the last thing that you think about. And it makes sense, right? I mean, right. that's what you lay down with. Yeah, they, those other thoughts might try to creep in, but they got some competition now. Right, right. As opposed to the usual negative oh, spiral, the loop, which the is loop, the, the loop, the loop. Yes. Right. And then you're tossing and turning and having fitful sleep. And so I think, you know, energy has always been cool. How you're fueling yourself, what your nutrition look like, you know, those kinds of things are important, how you're fueling, you know, your possibilities. So, yeah, I think all those things matter. And, and so that mindset, your energy, your nutrition, your sleep, all those things I think really do help create these unlocks or cheat codes for you to deal with difficult. And I think that we all have the capacity to do more than we realize and to manage more than we realize. Because, well, there's a saying, right? You're only given what you can handle, but don't do it alone. Have mm. your tribe, have your folks that got you, right? And that you can be fully you, right? I think that's so important. Who are your people? And that are unconditional, right? And are there for you, good, bad, or whatever, that you can say, yo, I I'm not I'm not feeling it today. Well, how do we help? Right? Those people who let you not be okay and it's okay. Right. That's the group you want to find, right? And I think that's a, a critical piece to all this, that it's not a solo endeavor managing a difficult time. You gotta find your tribe. And you got to make sure that they're about it. And we all discovered some folks who showed who they are during this. Well, 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 you good when it's good, but you not so good when things go awry or sideways. 
tried to help you and you just kept spiraling and I look, I can do bad all by myself. Yeah. So find those good people, find those people who feed you and fuel you, right? But also they they also they got you, but they also challenge you too. I think it's important. Supporter plus demanding works for adults too. Right. So that's the encourager yep. mindset that you were, were talking about before. I I'm remarking and, and listening, uh, listening to everything that you're saying and resonating. And that last bit actually caught me more than I would have thought because I am a solopreneur. I've been solo quarantining mm-hmm. for this past year. So I was just thinking to say that, you know, the universe is a jokester because you can't call your business start within and then think like there's not going to be the opportunity where you're going to have to start within. So mm. I have shared and my listeners know that I've gotten really up close and personal with myself in the past year, right? About how managing mindset and managing energy and Mm -hmm. and all of the things that you talked about. Do you think, or no, let me ask this in a different way, right? So you mentioned community. So how is it that we can amplify community if we are someone like me, you know, living alone or not as connected as we were in person? But I think we've all, so solopreneur, it's funny, I just did this event called SoloCon, right? And the whole idea was the only way that I'm doing this is only with the help, right? So you start thinking about only with this person, this person, this person, right? You've not done it by yourself. There have been lots of encouragers and lots of believers and lots of people who have assisted you to get to there. You're not doing it alone. So even when you are you know, confined to your space and where you're at, you're still not alone. But as my Nana said, you got to speak up. A closed mouth, mouth don't, don't get, get fed. fed. Come on now, you know what's up. <laughs> Come on now, that's how you know you just spent some time with me. You know some Nana Carol sayings, Colette, you know you part of the fam, right? Come on, you know, right? And it's true, you got to speak up. You got to let people know. And a lot of people retreated and then they just got way down in that rabbit hole and it was really hard to climb out. And with good reason, this was really challenging and continues to be really challenging. And you discovered a lot about yourself. But I was really impressed with how much more neighborly people got in my area here, like really neighborly, checking on each other, making sure people were good dropping things off, just knocking on the door, stepping back with your mask on. Y'all good? Just leaving things. I would leave little gifts and things on the porches of my neighbors and stuff just to encourage them, especially the parents who I knew were dealing with their kids home and they still had their jobs. So just the fact that, you know, I was acknowledging, I know you might be dealing and you're not alone. And this whole idea of only with, But once again, that doesn't just happen overnight. You've been nurturing that for a while. And so I think that was one of the telling things where people who really were feeling, you know, even more alone, but maybe that work should have been done before that you should have been nurturing or just staying connected or checking on each other or having, you know, that go-to person, at least that I know I can count on that person, they're around. I need to point out something, Colette, you got like this aura or something above your head. It's crazy. I don't know. No, honestly, like you, you can't see it. It's blue. It's really crazy. I don't know what kind of light is hitting above you, but literally it just started happening. I was like, what's she doing? She emanating something on there. What's going on? <laughs> I don't know if it's from your lights or whatever, but yeah, no, there was this blue light above you. It's still faintly there, but it was really bright for a minute. Wow. Just so you know. Thank you. Blue, I think of throat chakra, but I don't know, maybe. Yeah. I don't know, but it was, yeah, maybe because you're using your voice and stuff, but yeah, it was there. Like it was very, I'm like, is that coming off? Like she don't have her glasses on. What is that? Yeah. Now it's gone, but it was there. I'm like, I said, I better make sure I bring this up just to let her know. And see the energy thing, right? It's like, it would have, right, it's like, and then we notice there's there's that thing of- That's right, what like it happens, yeah. But then it's almost like dancing with energy, right? Yes. Like, how is it that we flow with energy? It's elusive, yeah, it can be elusive, but it's always, a, it's always around us. 
and sometimes you can see like you know maybe not easily explain because it's not i don't see it now that's why i was like because i thought it was like either it's a reflection or something like what is that and i'm like oh it's like i said i better let her know that she was giving that off so yeah so that obviously for for your listeners and your viewers they should know like that that, that lets you know we simpatico right that yes yeah, like 831 energy that's what was happening that's what's happening that's what's happening um so we have joked about my brand which only i can joke with you about so but what i do ask my guests is what does start within mean to you so i always go to pay attention to your intention so your intention starts from within pay attention to it and so i think the more that you pay attention to your intentions you'll show up consistently the same way people will know who you are They'll know if you got good or bad intentions, they will know. And so I'm trying to always show up the same way consistently. If you shine, I shine. That's my thing. And so start within. Absolutely. I go right to pay attention to your intention. Amazing. Right. And it is that sense of how is it that that sometimes the intention and then the action, right? But then there can be the different outcome, right? So one of my, I, um, I've got the seven laws of spiritual success from, from Deepak Chopra. And I always, my challenge is detachment because I, I want to be attached to the outcome. Like I had the intention, I took the action and it's supposed to be this. Yeah. Right? And so, and it's, it's, you know, that, that question where they ask like, what's taking you the longest to learn, right? So is that how I, release from from the outcome knowing that if i had the intention i took the action something will result but it may not be what i thought it would be yeah and i think we got to get out of our own way we get in our own way a lot of what's possible and the more that you just trust and believe that your hard work never goes unrewarded you will get rewarded for it it'll just happen in most times in a way you never anticipated it just is. And that's okay. But there is the attitude of scarcity versus abundance. That's what that is, right? When you're trying to control the outcome, right? Well, my idea and my thought and my outcome. No, actually, it's not because there's too many variables involved with it. So the better you're at it, getting out of the way and just getting more into flow and whatever it's going to be, it's going to be. But if you put the right energy out there, it's going to be a good thing. And isn't it lovely to get surprised and delighted by something? Like that should be the thing that you revel in more is like, oh my gosh, and I never thought it would be that. Like, like and I always say that's that little kid in you, yeah. right? It's like, oh my gosh, it's so good. <laughs> it's like, and you just, and you're like gleeful and revel in it. Like you're just so excited. Like I never thought that, right? <laughs> yeah, I just, it's funny because bringing it back full circle, I will still never forget. I had that moment when we were auditioning for that role to do the training for turning the page. And there was this moment where we were all in the room, Kathleen was there and, 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 and the crew and, but it was, it was before we were on the project. And there was this moment where we had to do like a group project to like design what the training could look mm. like. And I, I can't even explain it to you. There was just this moment where it was like the competition went away. And my intention was, okay, how can we create the best module or the best curriculum for this program, which was going to benefit, you know, librarians and technology and bridging the digital divide. Right. And then, and then that's when it, it did become fun. And I would imagine that that was then what I was able to emanate when I was facilitating in that audition. Like, it wasn't about like, I'm going to be Colette, great facilitator. It was like, cool. Like, how can we make this work? So it's, it's funny that, and then who would have known that all these years later, we'd be sitting, having this podcast conversation, right? Yes. So it's all of yes. these things where if you had told me then, that would have even been February of 2008. You know, you're going to be sitting here on May 5th talking with Kevin. <laughs> I would have been like, well, hey, who's Kevin? <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. No doubt. And you should know your 
that color came back again. So you'll probably be able to see it. Oh my God. You know what? I know what it is. The what sun is, is coming through my window. Shut up. And, and it's hitting you right above. No, no, no. And guess what is sitting in the window? No way. It's not the bottle. It's the blue. Is magic. it really? It's the blue magic bottle. You can't make this can't stuff make up. This up. That's like too good. Honest. That's like, that's. And so, oh my gosh. So I talk about this all the time, Colette. Magical moments. And if you're present, you see them. I could have not brought that up at all, right? And we could have just been powering through this conversation. And it came back again. So the sun must have got a cloud and it came back again. And then you finally went, what could that be? And you turn. Oh, that's so And it's so appropriate with you and I. It really is. You got magic <laughs> beaming on you, girl. Magic beaming on you. That's what's up. I love it. That is so like, good. Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> right? Because now everyone's going to be like, I need to see that. And they're all going to want the magic bottle, but yeah, oh, well, of course. And you know, what's really crazy that artist retired. There are no more. So I've got limited edition red rubber. Oh yeah. Like, book. like I got yeah. limited edition <laughs> magic bottle, magic. but you know what? But see now, now I'm realizing though, no, my head can't swell. So now I need, to, my intention needs to be, how do I share this? Share it. Well, you are sharing it because it's going to be visible. It's really cool. Like, wait till you see the video. It's going to make you smile. It's really cool how it's, it's like literally like divine afflatus is hitting you right there. Like it's hitting you. It's really cool. Amazing. Yeah, that's, oh, now like, I'm like so thrilled like that, that I got the explanation. Because the rest of the day I'd been like, what was that? I don't know. That's crazy. What is she doing? <laughs> it's like, what sorcery is this? <laughs> I do have a magic wand, but that's not it. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. No, but that's that. I'm that's so good. Uh, you can't wow. make that stuff up. Yeah. I don't know. I'm like, is that must be it, right? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. I think. I think, I, I think, I think that is. I think, I think that is. I think that's a, a good way, right that's there. Awesome. <laughs> how can how can uh, our listeners learn more about you and the awesome magic and play that you are bringing into the world? Oh, it's always easy. All my handles are the same. So on social at KC Catalyst with the K. So K-C-K-A-T-A-L-Y-S-T at me. Yes, just at me. That's all. And you got me. Yeah. So it's easy to find me that way. Awesome. Awesome. Yes. We'll never forget Catalyst with a K. That's right. That's right. Yes. That's that's exactly it. And I just thrilled to be reconnected. We've never lost contact or connection, which has been beautiful. And we always say happy birthday to each other. Think about how many years we've been doing that, like since we met right. and, real, and we made like, that discovery. Since we since were we, young, right? <laughs> exactly. When we were young. Yes, when we were young. Yeah, youngins. When we was youngins back in the day, you know, right? We go way back. Not quite Similac, but yeah, we go way back. Yes. So, uh, but I just appreciate you and what you stand for and continue to stand for and how you're encouraging people to do that work. Right. And, and to uh, start within, but even more so what you rep. And so I'm just I'm thrilled to call you birthday bestie. That's for sure. Aww, thank you. Right back at you. So, yeah. And this is, you know, it's funny when I think about it. I've had this vision of having you on. Right. But then it was closed mouth. Don't get fed. Like I can't I can't like, you know, mind read you <laughs> into being like be on the show. I got to I got to ask. You got to ask. And looky, looky, see? And I think that's also one of the beauties of the pandemic. It made everybody pause and slow down and people became more available. And I just love that part about it too. Like a lot of the folks that I've reconnected with that I hadn't talked to in years. Mm -hmm. And it's just been wonderful. And people who have discovered me who hadn't talked to me for years. So it's been really wonderful. So I've always said, and we'll continue to say, there's power in the pause. So take time to pause right? Whether it be pandemic or just you and just give yourself time to be still. And you know that deal, right? That five minutes can, can do wonders if you're still for five minutes, 300 seconds. That's all that is. 
But wait, you used to start with the program with the 86,400 seconds in a day. So I'm only asking for 300 of those. Just be still, right? That's how you can do your start within moment, right? Just be still, right? And pause. There's power in that. Mm. All right. I think I may have to stop because otherwise it's going to be... <laughs> be like and in the second hour episode of <laughs> of start within with casey catalyst and colette yes listeners it's happening yes you thought super soul sunday was dope this is oh, doper than dope don't even don't even have me following you on the road like i gotta get another episode <laughs> it's so silly don't mind me. Uh, I'm just going to hold this microphone right It's here. like if we do another one. Yes, exactly. You're so silly. All right, dear. Yeah. All right. I appreciate you. I love you. Thank you so yeah. much. Oh, wait. Absolutely. And I'm like, and my mouse is giving up. Everybody's yeah, like, we're like, we're down. And we're like, <laughs> like, I can't even stop the recording. <laughs> If you enjoyed this episode and haven't already subscribed, you can do so on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you like to listen. You also can connect with me on Instagram at coach underscore Colette for more inspiration on personal growth and wellness. Stay tuned for another episode of Coach Chat and get ready to start within to finish strong.